Episode 69 of the Common Free Podcast. Food Network champion and author Priyanka Nike. I think the definition of success is pursuing and doing something that fulfills you as a person and whether it's intentionally or, or unintentionally helps others and or helps the world in some way. You're listening to the Common Free Podcast with your host, Pooja Model. In this podcast, we deliver timeless wisdom to help you calmly pursue your greatest self and a life of meaning in an ever-changing, fast-paced world. Welcome to the Calm and Free Podcast. Priyanka Nike is a self-taught vegan chef, Food Network champion, and the author of The Modern Tiffin, a cookbook showcasing simple global recipes inspired by her heritage and travels. In this conversation, you'll hear Priyanka reflect on the deep-rooted drive she has to educate people about global cuisine, sparked by her childhood experiences growing up in Staten Island, New York. She also reflects on what success means to her now that she has reached one of her biggest goals, becoming a published author. Without further ado, Priyanka Nike. So welcome, Priyanka. Thank you so much for taking the time today. And I'd love to start out by really talking about your vision. You know, in order to do what you do in life, you have to have a vision of yourself. And that starts with imagination. And what stops so many people from self-realizing is not having the ability to imagine who they could be, the possibilities of themselves and their lives. And I wanna read you a quote by Kurt Vonnegut. We are what we imagine ourselves to be. We are what we imagine ourselves to be. Kamala Harris, wouldn't be the vice president of our country today if she hadn't seen that manifesting or taking place at some point in her journey and her career. I'd love to know when you came to this realization that you wanted to be something so foreign to your parents, to your childhood, something so grand. Tell us a little bit about how this came about in your mind. To be honest, I probably imagined it like much earlier in my life than I probably realized. And I say this because uh, I grew up with two older sisters and um, my dad used to always take home videos when we were little, whenever he was home, which he, he worked a lot. So he wasn't home all that much. But when he was home, he was always taking home videos of us. And uh, my oldest sister is a really great dancer. My middle sister is like a really great um, singer. And I kind of was just like there. And I, but in the videos, I would always be just front and center, like just clowning around, like kind of doing nothing but doing something. I would get really upset if my dad just had the camera on Pooja, my middle sister, whose name is Pooja. And, um, it pro I probably realized it there that I actually like being on camera and being in front of people and kind of just 
clowning around. And I use that word clowning around in a sense of like, I'm kind of a jokester and I'm goofy and I'm just kind of there like hanging out. Like at the time there wasn't really any like particular talent, especially when I was surrounded by my sisters who were so talented. Right. So I was kind of just like, well, here I am, I'm ready to go, like doing nothing, but I'm here. And I don't think it was until possibly later in life, um, middle school to high school, because I became very obsessed with watching Food Network and Martha Stewart Living and kind of all of those different shows. And I was really into cooking where I kind of thought to myself and I, you know, we would always talk about it at home. Like, I, I want to do that. Like, I think I, I could do that. Like, there's first of all, there's no one on there that looks like me. Second of all, like the food they're making looks like kind of bad. And third of all, uh, I, I feel like I could be really good at it. And I think that sort of vision for what I wanted came very early in my life because it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I just want to be on TV, but it was like, I really like cooking. And I think I have something to share with people. So um, I think it's a combination of just like, I like being on camera and I like making people laugh and entertaining people because that's naturally what I do but I also have something to share educationally and that's through cooking. I know you're from Staten Island originally. There is a a prominent venture capitalist. Um, His name is Josh Wolf. He recently tweeted, chips on shoulders put chips in pockets. And that tweet really resonated with so many people. Um, It really caught on. And the idea here is that, you know, the more struggle, the more hardship, that we go through, the easier it is to find fuel for our life, for our goals, for our ambitions, the energy that drives us. I know you come from Staten Island and I know there's a great backstory to your childhood there. Does the drive inside you come from these kinds of chip? I'd love for you to talk about where your drive comes from. Staten Island's an interesting place. Uh, if anyone knows about it, it's obviously the forgotten borough of New York City. People wonder how it's even part of New York City. I mean, it's physically not. I mean, Manhattan's not physically actually attached any, to anyone either. But it's it's just very different from the other boroughs. It's very homogenous. It's it's very conservative. People there do not look like me. Uh, they surely do not have like the same life paths as you know me and my sisters have had. And the perspective on the world is very different. So growing up there was definitely challenging. It was, um, I would say, again, my sisters had it a lot harder because they are older. And I guess by the time I rolled around in school, there was a, there was slightly some more diversity, but really not at all. We were usually always, you know, the darkest people in school. We uh, were constantly made fun of for our culture, for our lunches, for the way we looked, for our religion. So for all of those things that, you know, kids of different backgrounds would be bullied for and about, which is not necessarily good, but that's kind of the environment we we grew up in. So there's really two paths that one can take from that sort of experience or treatment. One is you can veer away from your culture and your identity because you're like, well, people make fun of me for it. So I don't want to be associated with that. Right. And I know several people who are Indian and I'm sure you do, too, that do they change their name. They make it very Americanized because, you know, our Indian names are hard to pronounce and all this kind of stuff. Right. So there's there's that path. Then there's a path where, well, actually, 
I'm very comfortable with my culture and I actually find a lot of comfort and solace in it. And that's kind of, that was me, right? Like I, I grew up speaking Canada before I spoke English at home. We went to India every single years of our lives growing up. So like India was just as much home as, you know, America was. So for me, I, I really loved my culture. Like it couldn't, I just didn't understand like why everyone was so mean. I was like, your food doesn't even look good. And you guys are killing yourselves at tanning salons to get my skin color. Like the whole thing was bizarre to me, right? Because it was very evident that they don't actually dislike us. They're just like confused and they don't understand our culture. And that actually probably drove me to be much closer to my culture and to really ultimately drive me to do what I'm doing today, right? Because it was evident that people just need to learn more. And the fact of the matter is, if we had to compare Manhattan and Staten Island, like people in Staten Island aren't really leaving Staten Island. Hardly any of them probably travel out, outside of the country, whether it's because of lack of means or resources or just no desire. And that's not necessarily their fault. But if I have the power to help educate people and open their eyes to something, then at least I'm going to say, okay, well, I tried to do that. And then now it's up to you to do what you want with that information. Um, but I can't necessarily change anyone's mind. I could just show them things and teach them things, and then they could do what they want with the information. So Staten Island and kind of that upbringing of being made fun of and bullied does really drive me to a certain extent because it's still, it still happens now, sadly enough, in 2021, right? I used to write for the Staten Island Advance after I one food network and people were like, ew, like vegan food or like, ew, like Indian stuff. And I'm like, what is this, 1995? Like, it's very disappointing in that sense. But also I'm like, well, clearly people still need to like, you know, get some lessons taught here. So I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep going. Talking about the work that you put in, you know, you are like a one woman show. You do everything you know, from the lighting to your PR to your um, videoing, every single thing is you. If you could hire two people, what would those people do? What would you delegate to them on a daily basis? What would you get rid of from your plan? I have thought of this <laughs> and I, one would hire someone who can help with video editing because I yeah. absolutely hate it. Like, and I don't use the word hate often, but it's just like, I love the creative process. I love the cooking. Obviously I love being on camera, but like, I don't want to edit this together now. Like, can someone just kind of understand my vision and, and do it? And I'm not a video editor, right? Like we all yeah. kind of taught ourselves all these stuff during over the pandemic. And I will never even claim to be a video editor because like their skill set is at an, at another level. People go to school for this stuff. Like I'm just sitting here, like trying to do things via like iPhone apps. Right. So video editing for sure, because I just am not that great at it and would love help there, but also a manager. And I say this in a way that's like, I, again, this goes with the vision thing. I, know what my potential is. And I need someone to basically harness that potential and help me get to the places I need to be because I've been basically doing this alone, right? Like all of the partnerships I have, all of the editorial features and stuff, like aside from the book stuff, the book stuff, we have a PR team, but like 
a lot of the stuff for myself and my brand has all been organic and it's very exhausting to constantly promote yourself. And I have no problem doing that. But now is the time in my career, or at least what I think is like, I'm at this place here and I need to be like, I need to get to that peak, right? Like that is, and I need, I need to close that gap. And I think someone can help me do that. Like someone who's well-versed in the industry, someone who's well-connected, someone who understands that, you know, Hey, there's, there's a gap in the industry and Priyanka's talent that can help fill that gap. So that is, that would be like a second type of person that I would probably want, because I think that is, that's the most fruitful thing for my, the longevity of my career. The last question I'd love to pose to you is what is your definition of success? Ah, I hate this question. No, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't hate it. I think my definition of success is, first of all, it's very individual. And for me personally, it's probably a lot more complicated than maybe for some others. But I think if I had to sum it up for kind of general, for everyone, I think the definition of success is pursuing and doing something that fulfills you as a person and whether it's intentionally or, or unintentionally helps others and or helps the world in some way, right? I think yeah. all of us can individually do a better job in, in helping, whether it be the environment or other people, animals, whatever it may be, like there's so much that is that we can offer and there's so much help that is needed. And I think that should be woven into people's definition of success. And then I also think that people don't think enough about the fulfillment of their life, right? So I constantly talk about, well, I'm juggling multiple careers and, you know, I have to do this and I have to do that. And I am most of the time, obviously I'm a happy person. Like that's who I am, but it's not like glamorous and happy every day. Like it's, I have down, I had down, I had a down day last night after I did a book signing and there was, you know, weird stuff yeah. happening. So I think making sure that whatever we're doing is fulfilling ourselves and giving ourselves some purpose. Cause I think some, a part of human nature that we tend to disregard is purpose. And people like to feel that they're needed and that their presence kind of in this world is purposeful. And for me, that is that is cooking, that is entertaining people, that is teaching people how to cook. Um, and I'm lucky in that sense that I'm able to find that, right? I talk to a lot of my friends and they're like, well, I don't know what gives me purpose, right? Or like what I really want to focus on. And I don't think people spend enough time trying to figure that out. They're, you yeah. know, obviously spending time working and trying to pay bills, which all of us have to do. But I, I think it's worthwhile to figure out how each of us define success. And to me, that's making sure that I'm fulfilled. I have a purpose and I'm also giving back in some way. Yeah. And I think that's complicated for a lot of people and it's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable is probably the best word when you're peeling back all the, the layers of you to find out truly inside, you know, what it is that you want, what it is that is meaningful and that's driving you that sometimes is a very uncomfortable process. But as you said so eloquently, it's it's really needed. It's it's critical to fulfilling life. I want to talk lastly about the book. Why would somebody need and want and should 
buy this beautiful book, The Modern Tiffin? Yes. So, well, first you should want to support a first time author. So go get five, 15, 50, a hundred copies. <laughs> but um, I think the modern Tiffin, what I love about it the most is that it's so approachable. And that's the feedback that I've heard actually across the board from people who are really not into cooking to people who are, you know, chefs. And that is my style of cooking and generally kind of life. I want people to look at it and feel like that looks good. That looks approachable. Like I want to make that. It's not like super fancy plated in a certain way that is just aesthetically like beautiful. Nothing wrong in that, but my style has always been approachable and I want people to take that away from the book. And the book is meant to take you on a journey. I've traveled a lot. I have, uh, I'm first generation Indian, as we've talked about, and the book basically combines all of those elements. So if you don't get the opportunity to travel or you can't travel because of the current kind of world situations, I think this is a great book to help kind of um, scratch that itch, right? Where you can travel to Australia through my book by making the food. Um, and I also, I just love that aspect about it because it really helps educate people on the different cuisines of the world. And again, makes it approachable. And I would say the last thing is it's just really fun. Actually, a lot of my friends who've gotten the book and other people say like their kids love the book because there's so much illustration in it and color. And I'm like, well, that probably says more about me than it says about them. But that's kind of how I live my life. I want it to be colorful and vibrant. And I want to bring that to other people's lives because we spend so much time as people, you know, worrying, right? Like worrying about working, about making money, about paying bills, about getting married, whatever the situation is. And I feel like if we reallocate that energy to maybe having just some more enjoyment and fun in life. And for me, that's through cooking, then perhaps our just general perspective on the world will change and it'll make for a much more fulfilling life or at least dinner tables. So, so for all those reasons, you and everyone else, well, I know you got it, but everyone else should, should get the modern Tiffin. Beautifully said. And uh, we will put everything in terms of ordering and getting a copy of your book in our show notes. You are a beautiful, talented, passionate woman. And I'm so glad to have you here and to be in conversation with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pooja. This was really awesome. And and I'm honored to be on this podcast. And thank you for for giving us a voice and making us, you know, feel empowered to keep going. And I, I really do appreciate it. And I appreciate the support. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Priyanka. Please check out her new book, The Modern Tiffin. It's available now on amazon.com or wherever books are sold. You can find Priyanka on Instagram at the handle at Chef Priyanka and at her website, chefpriyanka.com. Wishing all of you a wonderful week ahead. Your feedback is so important to us. So if you find this content helps you slow down, find calm, and live a more reflective life, please drop a comment or some stars on Apple or wherever you enjoy listening to your podcasts. This podcast was executive produced and created by me, 
with production by GoTo Productions and graphic design by Jessica Panian and Sufi Kaur. And as always, please share this wisdom with someone you love.